to the back end. He scores! Simply sensational! You're listening to the Jobs and Cheddar Podcast. Uh, welcome to episode five of the Jobs and Cheddar Podcast. I'm Jonah Job, and with me as always is Jordan Chesky. And joining us today for the first time in big news is producer Pete, Peter Weisgerber. Pete, how are you doing today? Chad, how are you doing today? Um, I guess I'll go I'll answer that first. I uh, I had a little bit of a, a rough night last night. Came home with the wrong pair of sandals on. Oh. Um, and uh, my hamper was broken this morning. Don't remember how that happened, but uh, I'm feeling feeling better now. Feeling feeling good. Uh, I'm doing well too. I I did not have the night that Jed had. Uh, <laughs> I don't think anyone did. It sounds like. No, I have both of my uh, my sandals and my hamper is fine. So. Jed, uh, a little reckless last night. It sounds like. Yeah, I hung out with uh, with with George and his family all day. So uh, late late in the night, that can uh, that get a is little, uh, little wild. Pete, Pete, in case you don't know, Nick George, one of our alumni that uh, likes the sauce, we'll just say. And yeah, uh, yeah. so Jed probably got a little. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was influenced by their love of sauce yesterday. Got, night, so. a, got after it last night. <laughs> uh, I had a bit of a wild night, though, uh, it, for my standards. I went to a movie at 9.15. So. Oh, wow. Stayed out, stayed out a little late. <laughs> that, yeah. for you, is pretty wild. <laughs> yeah, it's past, past my bedtime, for sure. Sounds like it. Way, way past the kids' bedtime, for sure. Yep. <laughs> uh, so, Pete, I thought that, you know, Chad and I, since we've this is our fifth episode, we've obviously already done our intros, as you've heard. So why don't, if you want, just give the listeners a little... Little, your elevator speech, a little one-minute bit on who you are. Yeah, uh, uh, my name is Peter. Um, my little brother Tim is roommates with Jobs, uh, so that's how we met. Um, I grew up playing hockey. I started playing hockey in 1995, so you guys were one. one. I wasn't <laughs> uh, born. <laughs> um, uh, so big, big, big Penguins fan. Uh, when I started playing, it was uh, you know Lemieux and Yager and. Tom Barrasso and those guys like running the show. So big Penguins fan. Um, yeah, grew up playing, uh, played high school here in Cincinnati, and I've coached, um, you know, uh, mites and mini mites all the way up to juniors. I coached juniors uh, the last couple of years. Uh, I haven't recently because I have three young kids and, and no time for anything. But uh, yeah, just a fan of the game and uh, and excited to be here. Well, yeah, we're we're excited to have you. Um, you know, as we've already talked about on the podcast before. Uh, um, adding you as a sound engineer has been huge because um, you know, I'm not a tech guy. Chad's not a tech guy. The farthest thing um, from it. <laughs> yeah, it took us an hour and a half to get episode four, even like trying to work last weekend. We ended up having to record the next day. So that kind of, uh, I think that's probably the best story to show how <laughs> untech savvy we are. So we, yeah, we appreciate you all the help. Yeah. So, uh, what's, what's first on the agenda for today? Okay, so real real quick, uh, Pete, before we get into the Stanley Cup preview, which we know is the main outline, Chad and I, are, and you can hop in as well because it's just more ser- talking about the series, but just a quick series recap of the conference finals. Uh, I'll be the first to admit uh, I just sounded like a massive idiot last episode as I predicted a Jets comeback and Tampa pulling it out in Game 7. So I had a Jets-Tampa uh, final. Uh, didn't happen on either side, so it kind of shows how... You know, my knowledge of the game, I guess. Chad, uh, I think, were you 1-1 one, were you one and one last round? Yeah, I was 1-1, one one, but I mean, I can't take too much credit for the Vegas. I mean, they were up 3-1 when I gave the prediction, so. Um, yeah, fair. Yeah, I, I said that they were going to I said they were gonna win. They made it. And then I also said Tampa was going to to beat the Capitals, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, I've been kind of picking against the Capitals all, all playoffs except for round one, so I don't know. They must, it's the same thing with you in Vegas, so I don't know. I guess there's a yeah, common, common theme there. 
No, it's been the same thing. I, I continue to pick against Vegas, and I, I said, like, and I said to you on the podcast, either like I'm going to be right or they're going to win the cup. And I mean, they're going to make me eat my words pretty soon if they four wins away. Um, Pete, I know you didn't do an, a, like a technical prediction, but did you? Who did you think was winning those series? Where like when they started? Um, I honestly I thought that Vegas would do well. I didn't expect them to win, um, but I think they've surprised a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I I had uh, I had a, a Tampa moving on as well. Um, not a big, not, big, not good uh, predictions for us. No. <laughs> uh, so I'm a, obviously I, again I'm a big Penguins fan, so I'm not very happy with Washington right now. Um, but they have not made it past round two for the last however many years, so um, I was kind of expecting them to not to not make it either. Yeah, and I mean, for me, it was, it was pretty crazy. I mean, the thing that, I mean, and Chad and I talked about this, I think this is going back to episode uh, two, I believe, when we made our cup like our cup picks. We had Tampa and Nashville. Both of us had the same final. Um, and I thought whoever came out of that Nashville-Winnipeg series uh, was definitely going to go to the final. I thought whoever came out of that series was going to steamroll. If it was Vegas, if it was LA, San Jose, Anaheim, whoever it was, I thought we were going to get rolled by them. Total opposite happened. I think the thing that's crazy to watch is how Vegas continually every series they adjust their game within like the first period of against the new team they make adjustments. Right, especially even after game one, that's the only game that uh, Winnipeg won, which I thought was crazy. Yeah, they. Uh, yeah, they. As as uh, we've all kind of seen that they have good good coaching, good manager, or uh, you know, good GM and everything like that. So they do mm-hmm. make yeah like on ice adjustments, in locker room adjustments during the game, and, and obviously it's been paying off for them. For sure. Uh, and then the other side, I mean, the thing, the big story for me out of the entire conference final was just, you know, Tampa has had such a deep offense. That's what everyone talked about all year. Like, they were so deep at forward. And obviously, you know, good goalie, Vasilevsky, and a couple studs on D and um, Stroman and especially Hedman. But I was stunned with game six and game seven. It just went cold, as cold as you could have possibly gone. Absolutely. Uh, and, you know, back-to-back shouts for Braden Holpe. I think Stamkos had, like, a point in the last two ga- or last, like, four games. That's it. Their offense, yeah, just went cold. Will they will they have like what is it two two and a half games in a row without scoring or something like that? Um, I forgot the exact numbers, but yeah, just obviously the offense was very cold, and, and especially with a team that you know you would think would be able to just kind of fire on all cylinders, kind of whenever they want for that to happen. It's I mean you guys should give credit to Holtby, give credit to the Capitals, and it was it was just very very surprising to see that aspect alone, where just Tampa's offense just really wasn't there. No, agreed. Pete, do you want to chime in on that at all? Yeah, I mean I think that. Um... You know, like you guys have both said, that the the uh, Lightning offense is supposed to be this like powerhouse, and and they just kind of let it go the last couple games. But um, you know, even Holtby, it, I, it didn't seem like he had to do much. Like he he is obviously a very skilled goaltender, um, but the chances were just kind of soft dump ins or you know off angle kind of kind of shots that didn't seem like other than that laser that Stamkos had in the top corner from. Uh, on that power play, that one power play goal. That had, was a but, bullet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that power play scary. But, uh, but yeah, I didn't feel like Holtby necessarily was tested all that hard either. No, I agree. I think even in Game 7, you saw like there was a breakaway that Killorn had, which was a nice save. But other than that, I thought that, you know, I thought that Holtby was definitely in his own, but I thought most of the plays were pretty pedestrian. They, they weren't uh, really firing. The interesting thing is, and I might get this exact number wrong, but uh, obviously big listener of Spit and Chicklets, one of the podcasts that has inspired this podcast, um, but Paul Bissonnette brought up a stat on that, uh, one of the hosts, and he said that I think it's now uh, Stamkos has played in, I think it's five or six career game sevens 
in all of them. He has one goal, one assist combined. Like, he has two points oh, in five th- or six game sevens. I honestly think, wasn't that a recent episode? I mean, obviously, yeah, if they're talking yeah. about that. But, um, yeah, I think I heard that. And it's like, I think he's like 500 in game sevens or something like that. He just really doesn't, you know, step up. And then they also brought up the point where if it was Ovechkin, who wasn't producing in game sevens, they'd be ripping him apart. And the fact that it was Stamkos, is, is, you know, they're not really leaning into him much. Um, just obviously because Ovi, some people, you know, some people think he's a bit of a controversial player kind of thing, the way he plays, whatever. Um, but that's beside the point. Yeah, he didn't, he's just not, doesn't really show up in game sevens, it seems like. Yeah, and it's, it's true, exactly. That was the interesting point is that, you know, Stamkos is known around the league as a pretty nice guy, obviously, and he's also a North American player. And I think that you saw in some ways, like, yeah, people don't really talk about that narrative because you don't want to, like, badmouth him. He's an excellent player, but that's definitely of note. Now, I will say, I think some of the other previous Game 7s, especially last year and stuff, he's pushed where he probably he's come off injuries and probably isn't 100%. I don't know if he was. People have wondered if Kucherov was injured with how off he looked in that series. So, um, definitely something interesting to watch moving forward because now you got Tampa who... The other question I want to ask both you guys is, you know, they talk about how Tampa, this was their third conference final in four years. And although that's amazing, no one wants to just get to the third round and, and tap out. Um, so I just, I, I'm wondering, like, do you guys think, like, what, what does Tampa have to do to change? Or is it just they've just ran into better teams every year? Um, Pete, you want to go first or me? Um, yeah, I mean, I think, I don't know, because for me, like, Tampa is a team that is obviously has consistently made it a decent amount in the playoffs. But I don't know if they just they just run out of steam or, um, yeah I I don't know I don't know what it is but um, but it's funny because like when I look at at the brackets or I look at you know the the playoff you know predictions and like I never have Tampa going super far. That's um, kind of how I am too. Yeah, it's just like even though they are consistently you know make the postseason, it's not ever they're they're not like a a threat necessarily to um to me anyways to uh, to other teams in the league yeah i, I think sometimes but it, i thought this year was going to be kind of a change in that but it obviously wasn't yeah because jobs you mentioned earlier that i had because i had uh nashville and the penguins making the cup not tampa but oh so, yeah. sorry yeah no sorry i had i just i had tampa you're right and then pete you bring up the point where yeah for some reason i don't really know why i just had yeah, tampa i don't really ever have tampa um you know, I never really think, oh, they're going to win the cup. Oh, they're going to, you know, do very well. Um, I don't think they're ever going to get bounced in the first round or whatever. But as far as what you said, Jobs, um, what they have to do, I, I guess, I feel like there's just some minor tweaks or something that can, that can probably push them over this edge. I don't understand how they, you know, you said three in the last four years, what the, what the last final piece they need to, to do to make that push into the Stanley Cup. Um, I, I guess, you know, going off this past series, it would have to be. Just the offense has to be there for, for seven games. It can't be, well, you know, for the whole series, it doesn't have to be seven games. But the offense just has to be there. Um, and I guess you could put blame on Stamkos. I don't know, that might be another argument. But, yeah, I think the offense just needs to stay hot. Right, yeah. I think for me the one thing that, and it's funny because as I asked that question, as I had it written down in, uh, you know, the, the notes here for this episode is, it's one of those things where I wonder, is it, you know, it's, and people, you hear about this on different shows, if it, if it is a meaningless stat or like something that is of note, the fact that they've never been able to win, but they've got to that conference final, um, or sorry, I should say they never have been able to win with this new regime. Obviously they won back in 04, but none of the current players are still there. But the thing for me is, you know, I think it's one of two things. Yes, I, I for sure agree that guys like Stamkos and Kucherov got cold at the wrong moment. The other thing though is I think that where you, it leans sort of more towards a meaningless stat kind of thing is this is a very hard league to win in. 
when you get when you get to the conference final, like you're playing a very good hockey team, and Washington, you know the whole like caps year thing. They they slayed, and we talked about that in the last episode. They slayed the dragon that was like Pittsburgh for them, uh, much to Pete's dismay, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. they, it's almost you hear about that a lot in sports when a team finally gets over that one rival. Sometimes it just it's such a weight off their shoulders that they just, and then they just carry through. So. You know, it's interesting. I think it'll be interesting to see. I think for sure if Tampa continues to do as well as they've done and go to these conference finals, but then nothing comes of it, then yeah, there's definitely going to be those questions uh, hanging over some of those players' heads for sure. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree. Um, anyway, so with with that wrapped up, let's uh, let's hop into the Stanley Cup preview, which is the, the base of the episode. Um, so I'm trying to think where we want to start here. Do you guys want to start with Washington or Vegas? Just kind of how the teams got here and stuff like that. Oh, it doesn't matter to me. We can start with with another team. I guess. I guess yeah, it doesn't matter to me. Okay, let's go with Vegas because we've just been talking about Washington a little more recently in the in the episode. Um, I guess I'll start with you, Pete, because uh, I was you know, again just first episode, so we'll get into it. Um, what What do you think about Vegas's run? Like, this is obviously the, like one of the biggest Cinderella runs in sports. Uh, so, what do you think about all of it? Um, I. I'm excited for Vegas. I'm excited for, uh, for obviously for their team and their management and all that. But I'm excited for the city too, uh, to have a successful, uh, you know, pro sports team. And you think about how many uh, fans that absolutely pack that arena and are going insane. Probably before the season had never even been to a hockey game or seen a hockey game. Um, so the the like all in kind of mentality for the city, I think, is good. And and I think it. Um, I mean, it's obvious that it's it's bled onto the ice a little bit, and that the the team feeds off of that. Um, as far as you know, the team and how they got here, I think uh, you know, with the GM, with McPhee, um, you know, and, and some of the other staff, you know, the the formula is not new. You know, what they've done is not new uh, to create a successful team. Um, you know, and I'm gonna I'm gonna toot Pittsburgh's. Uh, horn here but they've won the last two uh you know they they have the same formula they start at the back with good goalies um they have you know good depth vegas has like four lines of of forwards that can all go um and they're fast like vegas is a fast team uh they get pucks deep they get there quick and they they just force a bunch of turnovers so i think you know it it is a cinderella story and it's exciting that they're you know an expansion team and they're they're being very successful but you know, the, the way in which they got there, I don't think is, is, you know, like some unheard of tactic. It's just, you know, a tried and true kind of, uh, mentality of, of go hard, you know, have good goalies, have good solid D and, uh, and just, you know, wear them down. No, I, I agree. I think it's pretty, sorry, Chanel, you want one sec. One thing I just wanted to comment on is it's pretty true. Um, what you said about how like this league is becoming more and more of a speed league. And I think one of the advantages that Vegas has being a brand new team is they their their management, their coaching staff, they built a team based purely on speed. Whereas other teams, like you look at it and this happens with some like it happened with LA the last couple of years. They got old and slow very fast. Vegas doesn't even have the ability because of they're such a new team. They pick youth and speed. Mm-hmm. And you look at the the Winnipeg series in particular. So many goals were scored off what you just said. Pucks in, and then create quick turnovers, quick chances, and it was in the back of the net. So I just wanted to note that before. Chad, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, and, you know, going with speed, and, and they're all, you know, very good, well, you know, a team that can skate very well. Obviously, it's the most, literally the most important part of hockey. You can't move on the ice if you don't know how to skate well. And then the speed is, 
yeah, they, they, they even get a lot of rushes. And, like, it's never usually, like, some flashy rush or something like that. They, but they're getting shots on net, building momentum, using that momentum to then, yeah, hit the puck in and then do all the, the, the little things right. Like, as you said, Pete, it was no crazy tactic to how they got to the to how they got to where they are now it's um just very simple things work hard you know don't you know play smart protect the house and it's all paying off for them agreed yeah for me the thing, biggest thing that i've seen because i and i started thinking about this right after you know they, they won and they went they won the conference final um is for me it's kind of a perfect set of circumstances uh, a couple things that i would say here number one you have george mcphee who was outcast by the washington capitals and we're getting to that later um as like the gm of that team i think very unceremoniously i mean he built a team that won 55 games in a season and then he gets dumped because the players don't close at the you know during the playoffs like that i think so you have the perfect gm who a guy who was very undervalued in the market. You have Gallant, who was the biggest mistake by Florida. Florida has like completely just financed Vegas with like Marcia Show, Smith, and Gallant. I think Gallant being the biggest of the three. Um, and then I think you just have a lot of players who the league. This is the perfect time because everyone talks about oh, how is this happening? Like this is an expansion team. Since the last expansion, the the league has gotten so deep, and that's part of like you know, there's no more enforcers, there's no more just agitators. It's a skill-based league. It's a skill and speed league. That's a big transition since the last expansion to today. So with that being said, you have a lot. You don't have just these outcasts. Oh, I'll give you my fighter. I'll give you my fourth liner. It's all guys who were fringe second-line players, and those and those all those guys have stepped up. I mean, the, and that's my biggest thing. And like, I have some stats here that I have saved on my phone. But is Vegas has experienced massive career numbers across the board from guys. So like, just a couple numbers for you guys here. So this is a thing that NHL, the NHL posted on their Instagram. Uh, but this is the total scoring for all players on the 2017-18 Vegas Golden Knights roster. So in 2016-17, all with their former teams, they were, they they combined for 102 goals, 234 assists, and 416 points. In 2017-18, as a single team, they combined for 278 goals, 429 assists, and 707 points. So you look at that, that's a huge jump. So like doubling and tripling some of their numbers, yeah. Right, the same players. And yeah, so it, so that was like the total. And then it breaks it down, which this to me is the nuttiest one, is it talks about a couple individual players, but I'm just going to highlight one, which we've talked about on this podcast before, but is William Wild Bill Carlson. Last season, 6 goals, 19 assists, 25 points. This season, 43 goals, 35 assists, 78 points. So I think when you look at, there's a lot of different factors to success, but guys having those jumps in, in their, you know, in, in their stats, I think that's got to be the biggest part of it. Oh, 100%. And I think a lot of these guys, you know, they're just given an opportunity now and, you know, more minutes equals more mm-hmm. confidence. Um, and then that combination will just, you know, obviously it's going it's, to, you're going to produce better numbers. These guys really, a lot of them were playing you know, minimal minutes and stuff like that on their old teams or, you know, they may they might not have been power play guys, they might not have been looked, you know, as go to guys. Um but now they get this opportunity, this like second chance with kind of kind of like a nothing to lose mentality. Um coming in as a first year team. Uh, expectations obviously weren't high. Yeah, I even saw um it might have been a quote from the owner or something. He's like, Oh yeah, maybe we can put together a you know, a team that can make the playoffs in three, four years and, and consistent playoff runs in five, six years. So even the own, the owner himself wasn't even, you know, didn't even have the highest expectations. So these guys get the opportunity to play, no, nothing to really lose. They get um, more minutes, more confidence. All that together is, is kind of the reason why I feel like these numbers jumped up so high. Yeah, they have, um, they have you know, like individual points to prove. And then as a team, 
you know, to the league right. or to all the people saying like, well, I, okay, so here's a question. I have some friends that have the mentality that, uh, you know, Vegas paid however five million or whatever it was uh, to buy a championship team. Do you guys feel that way, or do you feel like they they deserve to be where they are now? Not just you know they they had a bunch of money to to pull players in from from other teams. So personally, I think I think that's that's BS. I'll say that here. One thing that I've been really frustrated with since Vegas has made the cut. A couple things. One, all these people who are like, oh, they like they they were gifted this team. First of all, you came out now going to the cup so the rest of the run wasn't impressive enough for you guys now that they're in the cup final oh they bought the team my biggest thing is none of those claims were made no one said anything no one batted an eye at vegas's roster when it was picked right. and that roster is still who it is now they have they there was no big trade deadline like it wasn't like they moved a bunch of picks that they got like then you could have said okay yeah they got all those picks all that kind of stuff for me no i think that's a joke i think the biggest difference is it just like as i said earlier is the league is just that much better now so there was going to be good players available that's the nature of the beast but to think that somehow they bought this they bought the team no no chance i mean you had to still bring in a bunch of guys all from different teams and then combine them into one cohesive unit, that's so difficult. I think that discredits Galant, it discredits the gym and and the players for them all coming together. I think yeah. I think there's there's no truth to that. I I agree with you. No, I've I heard just, the, I've I've heard the argument too, or like that some people yeah, you um, know didn't really like how the expansion draft was was handled and stuff like that. But I mean, you had to just give these guys nothing but credit because my biggest thing is yeah, Jobs, you made very good points. You kind of you know took some of the words right out of my mouth. But the big thing is they didn't even have a culture. They didn't have a team. Like, they wasn't like they, they didn't have anything mm-hmm. to look back on. Like, they didn't even have a culture. So, so to get these players, um, you know, without even having that sort of culture, that sort of background, you know, there's no, no team history or anything like that. But then I don't think hockey's really a sport where you can really just bring in guys and it's going to be an, an absolutely huge impact right away. Don't get me wrong. Like, if you were to add some star players to this team, they'd make them even better or whatever. But I don't think it's like a sport where you can just have a couple of guys, bring them in, and then. Um, it's going to make some huge difference. I don't, I don't think hockey hockey's like that. I think it's too team-oriented. Um, I think you need a mindset, a culture, stuff like that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't think that they really bought the team to do well. No, I, I agree. And I think that the biggest thing for me when I look at it is I think that why people are so upset and why people, you know, have or, or say they bought the team, I think to me that's just a bit of, like well, a lot of envy. You look at a team, like you look at some of these markets who they've never won a cup or they haven't won a cup in 40 years and then they see a team have a chance to win it in their first year. And I, now I agree with that. Like I'll say this right now. We'll get into our picks later and our hopes. I hope Washington wins because Washington has been through a lot of that heartbreak. Vegas, great run, but it's kind of like they're playing with the house. No pun intended with Vegas here, but the house is money in that sense of if they don't if they don't win the cup, it's not like oh, another year they lost. It's their inaugural year. This has been an incredible run. Now would it be cool to see them do it? Yeah, for sure. Because like there's only been two other teams who have gone in their first year in the NHL, and neither of them won. Um, I don't believe so. I, I don't think they have. So my thing is that I think that's just a little bit of envy there. I mean, but for Chad, for you to be able to acknowledge that that's not the case as a Buffalo Sabres fan, good, good for you. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you. It's absolutely. tough, but good for you. Uh, okay, now I want to ask something kind of going off of that, both of you guys, this is, and I want to kind of, so let's go back here a couple years. So two seasons ago, the Edmonton Oilers, you know, McDavid's first full year in the league, they had a great year. They have this awesome year. They go to the second round of the playoffs. <clears throat> almost go to the conference final, like lost Anaheim in Game Seven. But then this year, it 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 didn't sustain. They you know they had a lot of guys kind of fall off, 
And when I look at Vegas, the question I have for both of you guys is, do we think that, I'm not saying that will they make the playoffs again, but I'm saying, do we think that this kind of year is at all sustainable? Because, as I mentioned, so many guys had career years. And you saw that in Edmonton. Guys had a bunch of career years, and then it wasn't sustainable. So my question is, do you guys think this is sustainable for next season and the next couple of seasons, we'll say? You can go ahead, Pete. Um... I don't see. I don't see why it couldn't be. I mean, I think it all is going to come down to, uh, you know, their want and their drive. Like if they think coming in next year that oh we had this great year, uh, you know, we can just kind of coast off it. Um, I think it's sustainable as long as they continue to put in the the work and the effort. I mean, and and the guys that that have had the career, you know, like the real deal, James Neal, ex ex Penguin there, uh, you know, <laughs> real deal. <laughs> The uh, real deal, but uh, yeah, if if guys like that and like if if you know Flurry is is playing his best hockey, you know, in the next year or two, even though he's he's getting up there as far as age goes in in the relative term of of hockey, you know, age. But um, yeah, I mean, I think I think it's sustainable as long as as they don't coast off of this success and think that the league is easy. No, yeah, I. Uh... Whether it's sustainable or not, that's a pretty good question. I do think they'll make the playoffs and stuff like that. I know that wasn't the question. Um, but, yeah, basically what you were saying, Pete, is can they keep this? I guess the question comes down to, for me, is are they how much are they relying on this um, like energy from the fans, this energy from being the new team? If that wears out, if that wears out, then I definitely could see them falling off a little bit. Um, I don't think they're going to. I think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do what Edmonton did a couple of years ago and miss the playoffs or anything though. But if if the energy wears off, if they truly are like going off that energy that much, I think then yeah, it can, you know, it might not be sustainable. Um, but that's kind of my only critique on that. I I think they're gonna do. They'll still be all right next year. I think. I don't think they're. Gonna, I don't know. I'm not saying they're gonna make the cup again next year, but I think they'll be a, no. still a, still a good hockey team. Yeah. So that was kind of my thought process as well. Was that. There's so much energy and excitement around this team, and yeah, like if it cools off a little bit next year, will that be detrimental to them? Um, so I thought you guys made great points. One uh, about the Oilers. One thing I've thought about more, as you've said, like as I was thinking about it, and as you answered that, Chad is the Vegas is kind of the complete opposite of Edmonton. You think about how multi-dimensional Vegas is versus the most one-dimensional team in the entire NHL, in my opinion, is Edmonton because all the offense runs through one guy, and if he's not there, I mean, Carmen David has 108 points this year and they don't make the playoffs. That says something, or in my opinion, says a lot about the team's depth and secondary like quality scoring. So I think when you look at Vegas, they're the complete opposite. Like, they don't really have that bona fide superstar, and it's just a bunch of guys. Pete, to your point, about again, about, I know, ex-Penguin, real deal James Neal. Um, <laughs> the one thing that's interesting is I will be very, because obviously he's, he's, he's an upcoming UFA. I, if I were Vegas, I think that I would definitely try to re-sign him if possible, because the one thing that... Uh, when you talk about how it's about their drive and then bringing that same kind of uh, fire to next season, James Neal is Mr. Consistency. A lot of people don't talk about this as much. Neal has had 20-plus goals in, in his first 10 years in the league. He's been in the league for a decade. He's never scored less than 20 goals. How old is he? Like, that's, like 30, 32 or so? I think he's like 30 or 31, yeah, Like because I don't think he came in as an 18-year-old. Like I think that he took a couple extra years in junior. Um to get going but no that's the thing that you look at that's a guy where to your point that's a guy to, to look at model you try to your model game after if some of these guys can build that kind of consistency yeah vegas is going to be a perennial contender 
Yeah, I would agree with that. And, yeah, I think mm-hmm. James, speaking about him again, I think he's still got some years left in him. So, yeah, they should definitely sign him. I don't know if maybe nothing too long, maybe like a four-year kind of thing. Um, mm-hmm. Pay him well. And I think, yeah, that's he, I think yeah, the consistency is definitely when, – when, when the energy is at question, like, like we brought up, like is it going to wear off or something like that, yeah, consistency is definitely, definitely a key in any sport. But then for Vegas, I feel like that would be a huge payoff if they could, you know, give him some money, make him happy, and, you know, have him stay. Well, and like you said, like they didn't, uh, you know, there was quite a few like older veteran guys, expensive guys that were being dangled out during the, the expansion draft that, um, you know, somebody like Neil, who, again, is not like a vet by any means, but he's been in the league a while. I'm sure in the like he's a locker room guy that the guys look up to and he's he's won cups with Pittsburgh. And uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, like I, I think that if if the Vegas management is smart, um, which it seems like they are so far. Um, you know, Neil is somebody that they would keep around kind of as a, uh, a pillar for the, for the rest of the guys in the room. Yeah. I for agree. sure. Yeah. And I think the interesting part for Vegas too, I think the thing I'm very interested to see is I, I love, I mean, obviously you love watching hockey every night, but I love the off season two of hockey because it's so interesting to see how like every team's dynamic is so different and how they like, pursue the off season. I read a really interesting article two or three days ago now, about how Vegas is the only team in the league from a cap standpoint. Now, they would have to probably let a guy like Neil walk. They could actually, with their current cap, could afford Eric Carlson and John Tavares. And they've talked about how Carlson is a... Like, I think Carlson's going to end up in Vegas. And I think that Tavares, like, they'll get a seat at the table. I don't think he'll... Uh, he might go there. It depends because he wants to win. Um, but it's interesting that the thing that Vegas could really build off of, of this run is... Now you have free agents. It's like it's a great city. It's like you know everyone knows it's got there's a lot of culture there. Now you have a winning team with a great fan base. They're going to be able to pull some free agents. So I think it'll be very interesting to see like what big fish they land first. I think Eric Carlson's going there at the draft. That's just like a that might be a hot take for me, but that's what I think oh, should happen. I, I, I like that a lot. I, I never even thought of that yet because like, I never really thought of like players actually going to Vegas. You know after because like mm-hmm. they've never really had or you know a legitimate off season yet after a season. So. Yeah, I think right. that's I think that's gonna be kind of interesting. And the hot take with with Carlson running up there, I like that. I well, I mean that. that that's just that's just a read. Like, I mean, I've read about that multiple times that uh, multiple teams made a push for Carlson at the trade deadline, and the team that was the closest. It's came out of Ottawa. It's been leaked multiple times that uh, the Vegas offer was by far the closest. Now that's also because they've talked about the Bobby Ryan, who's signed to a poor con- like a weight like an inflated contract, makes like seven point two five million that they would have to eat that contract then probably buy him out over the next couple of years. But, I mean, still, to get a guy like Eric Carlson on your roster would be pretty big. Absolutely. Because if there is one thing to maybe question about, um, you know, Vegas, it might be that might be their decor. So to add a, a defender like that. Actually, I guess you can't even really say that. I guess I was kind of wrong by that. But yeah, a super, a like a superstar. Up, they don't have a bona fide one. Yeah, there we one. go. That's, that's more so what I meant. Yeah, like a superstar, yeah. number one. Well, and I think that's, that's one of those things where, again – the thing about Vegas that's so shocking, it's funny, I, I, every time, like tonight, game one's tonight, and I can't, every time I go to the final is Vegas, Washington, I, I, Washington's still pretty crazy because they've had some, you know, they've lacked playoff success, but when you think about Vegas being there, I think the shocking part, which always shocks my, my brain, is they're going against all hockey cliches. Oh, you need a top one defenseman to win in this league. Well, no, like, you you don't because they don't have a number one. The only cliche they bought into is you need great goaltending, and Flurry has been amazing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So... Yep. Okay, any more points on Vegas before we move over to Washington here? No, I'm good. I'm all, I'm all set. All right. So I think 
we'll look at this like from a different like standpoint. We've talked about Pittsburgh, Washington a couple times, and how that played a big role. But um, <clears throat> how else do you think? Like, what do you guys think made like this year different for Washington, who has had you know a lot of trouble getting to this point in the past with a pretty similar core? I mean, and we'll get into this again more later, but. George McPhee, who's the GM of Vegas now, essentially built both these teams. And he hasn't been in Washington for a while. And that same core is still there getting into this final now. So what do you guys think about that? I think this year what's different for them is, I mean, I guess it's sort of similar to the energy thing that with Vegas. Um, Washington now is, they, they, a lot of frustrations built up. Um, I think they finally got past Pittsburgh and they're like, no, we're not done yet. Um, I think that... They're kind of riding off that energy. We keep bringing that up today. Um, I think they're kind of riding off that energy. A lot of frustration. They're all letting it out, especially Ovechkin. Um, I, oh, yeah. I've, I've ripped on Ovechkin in, in previous episodes. And Countless times. I know, I know, I know. And I, I can give him credit now because like he's playing. He's, he's a man on a mission. Um, yeah, his playoff numbers have been great this year. They've always, they've always been pretty good. Um, he shoots the puck like 150 miles an hour i think it's like up to like 175 now with all the frustration built up and he's letting it out seeing him excited is great to see um so i think washington is finally like okay enough is enough you know they're they're actually going with that caps year kind of mentality um Mm -hmm. i think they're letting all this frustration out in in a good way and and that's half the reason why they're they're where they are now yeah and i i think um yeah had back-to-back hat tricks uh you know beginning of the season um, and has just been consistent, you know, all year long. He's like, was, I forget what the stat is, but he's like one of 20 players to reach whatever that goal milestone was for the year. 600. Um, well, he had 600 goals like for his career, even in this year. I think he's also rolled yeah. that wave. I think and played a thousand games and stuff too. Yeah. So uh, I think because uh, I have I have very strong opinions about Ovechkin as well, uh, just yeah. like you, Chen. Uh-huh. Um, and you know, the one thing that that I like about him and especially how he's been this year and shout out to, uh, to sweet tea to my mom. Cause she thinks it's so fun to watch when, uh, anybody on Washington scores because Ovechkin just loses his mind and is like a little kid. Uh, so you can tell that he's like, he's loving the game again and he's, he does have a point to prove and he's, he's firing on all cylinders to, uh, you know, to, to prove that point that he's, he got drafted in 04. So this is, you know, 14th year. Um, you know, that it's, it's his turn. Um, so I think, you know, we, we talk about getting over that, that hump that is the, the absolute powerhouse that is Pittsburgh. Um, but I, I feel like, uh, you know, this, you know, that, that was the, the beating Pittsburgh was Washington's beating Russia for the 1980 U S team, you know, like getting over that, that hump. Excellent historical reference. There. Yeah, that was Thank good. You. That was good. Uh, that was great. <laughs> So now they just, you know, they they just have to beat this new team of ragtag misfits. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think um, getting over the getting over that hump of beating Pittsburgh is is huge for Washington, um, because I, I I personally did not have that happening, um, you know. And I think having the the fans behind them and their their uh, hashtag all caps, uh, you know, mantra is um, is is gonna. It's going to make this series pretty interesting, I think. For sure. Yeah, I think the thing is, is you guys both make great points there. It's kind of a combination of, um, you know, what you said about how, and it's funny because um, like what your mom said, they talked about on the broadcast 
at least here in like the Canadian broadcast about how Ovechkin has changed that way. That there were there have been a couple years in a row now where it's like someone else scores. He's always electric when he scores, but this playoff and this whole season, it's like anyone scores, he's up. They seem like a way looser team. I think that's twofold. Now they seem they've seemed looser as the playoffs gone on, especially beating Pittsburgh. But this year in general, I think that this is the year that I will say. There was no pressure. Like, they were expected to lose. And this is one of the first every year. It was like, no, 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 that was just a blip. Okay, it's been a couple years in a row. Okay, you know, now this year's the year. And this year, everyone was like, nope, caps are done. Like, their window's closing. There was Ovechkin trade talks last summer. And, like, nothing came even close to fruition. But, I mean, it was at least, like, there was rumors. And I think that they, I will say, I think they do know that their their time is coming to an end with this core. Uh, John Carlson might be gone in the offseason, although he's expressed his, his love of Washington wanting to stay. But, you know, you, you lose a couple more key guys, they're really like, and then with Ovechkin's age, this could be it. I think that's not lost on them. I think Barry, there's rumors Barry Trotz wants to retire, so I think this is hit possibly his last year. With all that in mind, I think they have a lot to play for. Um, so I think it's going to be pretty interesting. Um, for me, I think, and I want to get your guys' opinion on this, because of how dominant Vegas has been at home, and interestingly enough, how, how good Washington has been on the road this playoff, my personal, again, hot take is that I think whoever wins game one of this series wins the Stanley Cup. I could I could see that. I could definitely, yeah, I could definitely see that. I think, well, first of all, who do you guys have? Like, who do you guys have winning? I guess we can say who do you, because I guess there's two ways to look at it. Who do you want to win? Because each side is very good, you know, um, you know, very good. You, 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 a lot of people are going to want the other team for very many reasons. So, who do you want to win, and I guess who do you think is going to win? I guess if, if it's different for you guys. Yeah, Pete, let's start with you. Um, I, oh, I want Vegas to win, uh, but I think Washington will. Um, I think that, you know, like I said, Washington has has all the momentum coming off that Pittsburgh series win, and. Um, you know, they just kind of walked all over Tampa, and now they're they're ready to uh, to prove. I don't, it's a lose lose for them though, because if Vegas wins, then like oh, Vegas is you know the, these misfits that won the Stanley Cup first year. But if they if if uh, Vegas loses, it's still like oh well, yeah, it's because they're a brand new team. So I think the Caps will win. Uh, I'm gonna say in a four two series. Um, Wow. But uh, I I would like to see Vegas win because again Flurry and James Neal, uh, Pittsburgh guys. So. There we go. Okay. <laughs> I, get a, I get a sen- I get a sense that you like Pittsburgh. <laughs> uh, just a little bit. We should title this episode uh, "Peter Loves Pittsburgh." I like it. That's I'm, it. I'm episode fine with five. That. Episode five. Peter loves Pittsburgh. <laughs> All right, Joe. What do you got? Who you got? Oh, okay. I'll go. You want me to go? You can go. You can go. Okay. Um. So I'm going. Um. I think so. Just I want to quickly touch on what Pete said. Uh, well, I'll give my pick. I want Washington to win, and I think they're going to win uh, from all the reasons we just talked about. You know, I'm not going to reiterate it again. We've talked about a lot of reasons why I think it is actually their year. Um, Pete, you brought up a good point. We said they they, they rolled over um, Tampa. A lot of people, I think that maybe like just watched that. Like, say you just watched, you know or you just heard about the games, you're not like an avid hockey fan or you just didn't get enough time to see a lot of those games, you'd think, oh, when seven games, it was a battle. Washington was the better team in, I would say, six out of those seven games. Yeah, if would, not all I would seven. agree with that. Vasilevsky was great for a couple games for Tampa and stole them some wins. Uh, other than that, though, I really thought this was, like, Wash- like when, I'll put it like this, just how, like, I watched, I've watched pretty much every game in the playoffs. 
and a lot of people when Tampa got up 3-2 was like, oh no, Caps are done. I was very confident they were going to win at home and then take it because they just, they looked better every game. I thought that honestly that could have been a four, well I'll say that to be like conservative, it would have been a five game series. Um, so yeah, I think that they're, and with that in mind, so they, they finally beat Pittsburgh and they carried that through the Tampa series and I think they're going to carry it through Vegas. My biggest thing about this series, I'm going to say uh, Caps in, I'm going to say Caps in six as well. I'll agree with Peter on that. Uh, could go to seven. I think the biggest thing, the biggest if, like or X factor, I should say, in this series is is adjustments. Which team makes better adjustments? Vegas has been amazing at that this this playoff. Um, and if they can, you know, kind of save that. And also the other big thing for Washington in particular is they need to crack through um, the Knights' armor if you will, um, on home ice. They need to, you know, you, you looked at how, how well Vegas was, uh, was how strong Vegas was on home ice. If they can get a win here in the first couple of games and go home to Washington, I think that's going to bode extremely well for them. Yeah, for me, I, uh, I definitely want Vegas. Um, I want to see them win. I love the story. Um, me playing hockey never was the biggest uh, skill guy, so it's it's nice to see a bunch of guys like glue this. Glue guy. Yeah. Chad's the ultimate glue guy for everyone who doesn't know. Glue guy, yeah, that was a bit of a locker room guy, you know, hired worker, didn't really do the pretty jobs. So anyway, enough about me. Um, I like that whole story with Vegas. I'm really pulling for him. Plus, again, I'm gonna, I said it already in this episode, I don't really, I'm not the biggest Washington fan. But don't get me wrong, I would be, so like I said, I want Vegas. I'd be happy to see OV win. At the beginning of his playoffs, I didn't, I actually was kind of rooting against him. Um, now I'm, I'm kind of he's loving the he's loving the game. I'm falling for his energy and everything like that. So I, I would like to see to see Ovi hoist the cup, also. Um, but I also I'm going to say that Vegas is going to win though. I think it's going to be a great series. Um, I think it's going to go to seven. I think it's going to be when Vegas wins. I feel like it's going to be some low scoring games, and I think the games that they're going to lose is going to be because you know obviously Washington with the dangerous offense can flurry hold them off. For an entire series, that's that might be tough. Um, he's been playing on his head lately, but, or, uh, for this this season and in the playoffs. But can he hold him off? Um, that's kind of the biggest question. Where I think it really falls on Flurry. Um, but I'm gonna go. I want Vegas to win, and I think Vegas is going to win in in seven. I like that call. Um, now my question is, you touched on Flurry for a second, and this is another thing I was gonna ask both you guys. And people have brought this up. Barring him falling apart in this series, which I do not think is going to happen, do you guys see a bit of a LJ Jagir in 03, I believe, or 04? Does he win the Conn Smythe regardless of his performance? I think there's a good chance Flurry has almost all but locked it up. Yeah, I I agree. Um, and obviously it's Flurry, and he's he's a penguin. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> he's on Vegas now. Though. I know, no, he, he'll always be a penguin in my heart. Um, yeah, shout out to Logan Rothbar. That's how that's how Roth feels too. He's a full full blown Vegas fan now. Yeah, I just want, I want Vegas to win so uh, so Flurry can get the three peat. Um, but yeah, uh, I think you know postseason or not, um, he is playing his best best hockey. Like he's been unreal this year, uh, and he definitely has a reputation for. Um, you know, being the bed when it comes to playoffs, like we saw it with uh, last year with Murray coming in and and stealing the show, and you know even the years. Yeah, but that was that. that was a bit that was a bit tough though because you know in '09 I thought he was like obviously was great when they won, and then '16 was kind of like Murray just kind of took over the net. But I thought, and I mean this is up for debate to anyone, but I thought that last year. You know, he lost one game in the conference finals, and like Sullivan just kind of had a really quick trigger finger and pulled him. Now, yeah. listen, it worked out; they won. But 
I mean, I thought that he was still very like I thought he was still above average for them to even get to that conference final last year. Yeah, I for watching, you know, obviously watching a lot of the games, his his style of play I feel like is a lot more up up until this year, obviously, but um, in the playoffs is a lot more reserved. Like I feel like he plays differently in the postseason, whether he's he's nervous or scared or um, you know whatever. Um, but yeah, I I do think that um, you know with with Pittsburgh went with the young inexpensive guy and uh you know with flurry going to vegas um he's he's been very successful he's having fun um you know he's tickling guys ears and uh you know seeing that big curly white smile of his even through the even through the mask it's, it's great to yeah. see that um, best, best smile in the nhl yeah so he definitely i think is is doing well and um i agree with you i think even if he does fall apart i think that he's he's a serious contender for the consummate yeah. No, I think, yeah, I was thinking about this too. Um, so, yeah, as, as you guys both said, if, if I don't think he's going to fall apart, but so can, assuming he still plays the way that he's been playing, I think, yeah, even if they lose, I think the game, I think it would have to go to, you know, it'd have to be a good series. Like, say Washington won, like, 4-1 or something like that. I don't think that he'd really, maybe he loses some credibility on that. Anyway, so I feel like if it goes to a long series, I think, yeah, even if they lose, he is, is a lock for, for the con Smythe because Washington – Joe's me and you've talked about this like who like when it comes to like a, a trophy like this who, could how could your team do without a certain player so with Flurry without them I don't think with Vegas without Flurry I don't think they they're not in the cup like I I would definitely say they're not they wouldn't be in the cup um so I guess the other argument would be Ovechkin to get it but they also have other guys that are scoring um I know Kuznetsov has near as many points as him so when you look at the value of each player to their team, I think Flurry is a higher value to the team for, to to Vegas than I guess my argument would be. I think Ovi, if it is going to be some, someone from Washington, um, I guess Flurry has more value to his team than Ovechkin does. So that's kind of yeah, no, that's that's kind of the reason why I would give it to to Flurry. Then I think it's a lock for Flurry. Right, I think because you look at like the Knights have had a lot of scoring by committee, like a lot of guys in the teens of points, but no one up in like the twenties and stuff, like Kuznetsov and Ovechkin are. They've both shouldered a heavy load with uh, Backstrom being out uh, for a couple of games with his hand, you know, still not really at playing at a hundred percent clip. Um, so I think that those two, yeah, but exactly you said, like those two both are kind of battling for their consummate in that in there. But then I think yeah, Flurry's taken it away. I also have to say quick, just a comment. I feel like that I obviously you know. Not just in the NHL, unfortunately, but that would be one of the toughest trophies to win in the losing effort. Like your team is just destroyed. Like you're so dejected, you just lost, and then it'd be such a bittersweet thing because like it'd be very tough because you have to then go accept that award. Now it's it's a real testament to your you as an individual, but man, that'd be tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a it's a different aspect to look at. Yeah, um, I did want to mention in the last episode you guys talked about like what trophy you would want to win. Uh, yes. And I th- did you both go with the Lady Bing? I know Chad, you went with the Bing, right? We did, um, yeah. yeah, yeah, we did, we did. Uh, um, I I don't want to you know toot my own horn, but I've won the Lady Bing uh, for House League a couple years in a row here when I was uh, oh. just coming up. Oh, wait, wow. hold on, you guys, you guys gave that award out? Yeah, it was just like a little uh, little trophy with my name engraved on it. Oh, there you go. But it, but it, but it was like it represented the same kind of thing, the Lady Bing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, sportsmanship uh, in conjunction with uh, you know being unbelievably skilled. Oh, absolutely. It's probably more skill than anything, but no, I, I feel I, like Pete. I feel like you probably need to come down to school and like you know rub off a little more on Timmy in terms of like some of that that talent. I feel like. <laughs> yeah, well, like, and you know, the, your brother and the sportsmanship too. He's he's a bit of a 
Well, we'll just we'll just move on here. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah, we're just gonna leave it. <laughs> hey Tim, hope you're doing well. Okay, we're gonna take a brief break, and we'll be right back after this. make a note of what you think is neat is there's a bit of a gm battle here which i don't think that many people and definitely not a casual hockey fan would know mm-hmm. um is that the gm like george mcphee um for vegas uh helped build the capitals and then he was uh, you know I, I everything i've heard articles i've read he was pretty upset when he was let go and as i said because for me hit like the gm's job is done a lot in the off season then the coach gets the team prepared for training camp and as the season goes on it becomes less about the executives and more about the players Washington couldn't close. They underperformed in the playoffs, and then he was on the hook. Now I get there's the idea of you know someone has to like someone has to take that, but he I think was a bit of a martyr for their underperformance. So I think he was pretty upset when he's fired. Brian, uh, yeah, Brian McClellan took over. I think it's Brian. Well, I hope it's Brian. Anyways, uh, but the two of them, fun facts for both of you guys, is they were actually uh, teammates and co-captains at Bowling Green University for four years from 1978 to 82. Oh, wow, so these guys have that. a lot. These guys have a long history. Yeah, I read um, they grew up they they were born in the same year, just a couple months apart, so they're same age. They grew up playing bantams together. Um, oh, they lived together at school. Um, yeah, so it's interesting that, uh, like you said, that McPhee. I think um, it's like thirteen uh, players that are currently rostered with Washington. He drafted. Yeah. Um, when he was with them. Um, so yeah, I, I I would be very interested to read the text messages between the two of them because you know that they are. Uh, they're probably talking behind the scenes about, you know, what's going on. I'd like absolutely, to see the bets sure. that they have placed. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. I didn't know that was – well, I didn't even know that they played together in college. And then you add that they room together. They played when they were younger together. That's that's very wild. This is definitely a small world kind of kind of circumstance. For them to have For such sure. – uh, yeah, that's that's pretty wild. For sure. Uh, and then quickly before we move on to some, some, some cup trivia here because I was excited about that, but uh, it's just a quick Memorial Cup mention. Uh, Pete, I don't know. I don't. I know Chet doesn't really follow the Memorial Cup. It's the Canadian uh, Junior Hockey Championship, um, and the final was last uh, was last night uh, with QMJHL champion Acadie Bathurst uh, Teton winning. Um, so yeah, congrats. You gotta you gotta repeat that. What? Who won? Acadie Bathurst Teton, which is like it's a QMJHL. It's a some Quebec name. I don't know, man. That's wild. It's a wild name. That's what I've heard it said. Yeah, uh, I, but I yeah. Thought, so I thought it was Titan. Uh, that's listen. I've been listening to the broadcast. They keep saying Teton, and I, I don't like it either. But I'm just trying to be uh, correct here. It just, the, it just sounds made up. It just sounds like some bull. Probably is. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, Pete. Just to quickly fill you, I don't know if you follow the World Cup, but essentially, there, you, obviously, there's the three major junior leagues. There's the QMJHL, the OHL, and then the uh, WHL out in Western Canada. And the three league champions plus a host city play the Memorial Cup when the seasons are over, and it's kind of like to crown the best team in junior hockey. So. Pretty neat, pretty neat tournament. Always something that I followed growing up, so I just wanted to mention that uh, real quick. Um, and yeah, it was kind of cool. Like also, one thing that was cool is the host city Regina, uh, Regina beat um, Swift Current to go to the semifinal, where they ended up, and then they went to the final. But Swift Current had beaten Regina nine times this season. So mm-hmm. if they had lost, it would have been their tenth loss. And then the, like Regina picked a pretty good time to step up and win a game. So how uh, how. How do you think that talk went in the locker room? Like nine out of ten times, we lose this team, but we're gonna win this one. <laughs> but not this game. It, it was probably probably a miracle. Speeches. 
instead of like because you know the famous Herb Brooks speech in in the in you know Miracle is you know uh, that's we play them ten times they might win nine but not this one I think it probably was turned to we've played them ten times they beat us nine yeah but not can't this make, game can't make it double digits not <laughs> let's tonight. not embarrass ourselves tonight boys <laughs> yeah so that was pretty good um, yeah so is anyone anything else about so we've all picked so. Quick recap, uh, I want Washington when I think they're going to win, and you guys both want Vegas and think Vegas is going to win. I want Vegas, but I think Washington. Oh, you think Washington, right, right, yeah. You and I both said Caps and Six. And I want Vegas, and I think Vegas will win. So we got a pretty good good mix mix going here. All right, that's pretty good. Okay, anything else about the Cup before we move on to the trivia? Um... I have a follow-up question, but maybe we'll do that after the trivia. It'll be a good thing to end on, I think. Okay. Okay, I like that. Okay, uh, so I think I thought what we could do is because we so for the, for the listeners here we're gonna do a little Stanley Cup uh, playoffs trivia. We each have three questions that uh, you know we're going with the uh, honor policy here. No looking it up, no googling the answers. Uh, everyone just you know be honest. And so what I thought what we do is we'll each. Okay, Pete's got his phone out, so I feel like he's already primed and ready. But uh, we'll each ask. I think what we'll do is we'll we'll go around. We'll each ask one question to the other two guys, yeah. and then we'll just keep rotating that way. We don't just talk for too long. Yeah, that's fine. Okay, so Pete, as again, it's your inaugural episode. Why don't you start us off with question number one? Okay. Uh, also, I want to preface this by saying I am going to do brutal at your questions 100%. I know yeah, I might not be too good. Well. I might not be the best, but we'll see. Uh, okay, so question right. one. Um, which words appear on the Stanley Cup the most? Oh, wow. So uh, we- I would say my guess is Stanley Cup champions because every year I know they have the tight, like the year – 2010 Stanley Cup champions. So is it Stanley Cup champions? Chad, do you have a guess? I'm trying to think if there's any. I guess that would be a good, very good guess. I'm trying to think if there's anything that's coming to mind right away. Maybe just maybe not. Okay, I guess I'll change it up. Maybe it's just champions, and maybe not even. I don't know. Maybe not even Stanley Cup. I'm just gonna say just champions. Uh, I'm gonna when I edit this, I'm gonna put in a sound effect when you guys are wrong or right. Uh, so this is the oh, wrong that. sound effect. <laughs> wrong. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> what do we got? Uh, so the 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 uh, the thing that I read is that the the words that appear on the Stanley Cup most often are Montreal and Canadians. Oh, oh I wasn't even thinking that. That makes that makes sense though. Because yeah, they won. 20, I think tw- twenty four times they've won yeah, the cup. Yeah. Okay. Right, and, I, and I don't know. So maybe then I guess. I, thought, I could have sworn maybe that I probably obviously just wrong, but I thought st- it's every year it said 2010 Stanley Cup Champions, but maybe it just says the year, and then it starts to list the team. Because otherwise yeah, sure. it would be every year. No, yeah, it must be. But yeah, that's okay. Good question. Good question. Yeah, yeah. I like that. You want to go next, Jobs? No, you go. Okay. So, because um, we kind of just answered who won the most. So Montreal has the most uh, Stanley Cup wins with 24. Toronto has... The second most with 13, and I thought if I just asked who had won the most Stanley Cups, like I feel like that was kind of obvious for, for most hockey fans that it was Montreal. Um, so yeah. I'm going to switch it up. It's kind of a ridiculously worded question. Um, who has the third most Stanley Cup wins? So you're saying which team? Yeah. Okay, I believe it's either Detroit or the Rangers, but no, the Rangers didn't win for a while. So I think it's – so. Sorry, so it's Montreal with 24, Toronto with 13. Correct. The next Can one has 11, right? Yeah, it's 11. 11. Oh, you seem good. Oh, you seem pretty confident here. It's I 11. I feel yeah. like... He's got okay, Google up. No, <laughs> no. Pull, pulling Google up. I want to say... 
But I thought there was a couple years where they did. I know they've done well. I'm gonna say Detroit. Pete, I I think I'm with Joe's. I'm pretty sure it's Detroit. That's right. Yeah, Detroit Red Wings with 11. I think th- or fourth. I think was was Boston. I'm, I like an eight or nine or something like that. Yeah, right. I know New York. New York has a couple as well, and then well, and obviously Edmonton has a couple as well. Uh, it was five. Okay, good question. Good question. I like he didn't go because one would have been too easy. Also, we talk about the fact that Montreal, and obviously there's a six-team league for a long time. Montreal's won 24 Stanley Cups, and it's the league's been around for a hundred, and now it's 101. That's pretty like, that's pretty wild. That's good. Yeah. That's pretty damn well, good if you ask me. But <laughs> so ahead, top Pete. top four. Uh, Winningest teams in the Stanley Cup are four of the original six. Is that right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Montreal, Toronto, Detroit, and Boston. Well, I guess that makes sense. They've been around the longest. Now, one, now one thing that this isn't really stat backed up. This is more like folklore, like Canadian like stories I've heard and stuff like this. But one thing about the Canadians that's interesting is one of the reasons that they were so at such great dynasties is there actually used to be a Quebec import draft into the NHL that was Montreal always had first pick. It was like a regional pull. So they, that's why they had so many great French-Canadian players because they had like essentially a rigged system for a little bit. Now, I don't... If someone has more information on that that listens, please let me know. But I've heard about that from like family and friends over the years. That's part of the reason they were so good. So it kind of you know leans towards why they... Oh, absolutely. That, 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 that makes a lot of sense, yeah. That makes sense for the Montreal team. Okay, uh, my first question is uh, when did a Canadian team last win the Stanley Cup? So what year and which team was it? Um, I think it was 90, 92, and I think it might have been, yeah, I'd say Montreal in 1992. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go based on a lot of averages there and say it was the Canadians, uh, since <laughs> they've won it the most. Um, as far as the year, I have no idea. Mid, mid nineties. Okay. So, uh, a couple things, both you were both, you were, you're right. There's Montreal Canadians. Chad, and I'm surprised you didn't know this, Peter, 1992 was the second of back-to-back cups for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Oh, so that yeah. would have been incorrect. 1993 was the last time the Canadian team won the cup. Okay. And it was the Montreal Canadiens. And it was Montreal. Okay. Okay. So, Pete, you were like you had mid-90s, which I'm not really going to give you as a full point, but right. you, were in the, you were in the realm. That's fine. We're not really keeping track. So, I guess, do I get like half a ding? Yeah, you can give yourself Yeah, do like a shorter ding. Yeah, that's fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So your second question here. Um. Hold on. Let me pull it up here. Um. Okay. Um. So actual physical Stanley Cups. How many are there? Oh, this is a great question. Wait, what do you mean, like? So every. So let me just. I think because it's funny. I was just talking to my sister about this. Um. Every couple of every year or every few years, they have to add a new band to the oh, original, that, like to the cup. So then okay. a band comes off, and then it's put on. I think it's put on another one. If I if I'm correct, I believe. No, yeah, I know. Like, yeah, that that's correct. I'm pretty sure. So you're asking how many of those there are? Uh, how many physical Stanley Cups are there? Okay, this is a tricky question then, because the question is like, I know that. The, Well, I'm, gonna say, I'm just gonna go just one. I'm just gonna say one. Is that? I feel like that's I really it's stupid. a bit but... of a trick question. Obviously, listeners can't see. Pete has a bit of this crooked smile on his face, which <laughs> makes me think that it's a trick question. No, it's okay. So, so it's it's not it's not a trick question. It's not like oh well, the original one was Lord Stanley, so that is the only one. That's not the okay. Trick okay, question. that's where I was thinking. Yeah. No. Um. Like obviously, there's 
there is the original. Okay. And I mean, there's okay. others. Okay, okay. Yeah, my, so one, I'm gonna say, my, my guess was stupid. I'm going to change it. So my, my thought is like if – so this is this is how I'm going to preface this. My thought is that I, I know they take bands off because they have to add new teams on and they can't keep adding the size. So the question is how many teams are on each layer. There's like five base layer. I'm going to say there's six cups. I'm going to go no. Thanks thanks for guessing first because that gives me a little something to go off of. No rhyme or reason. I'm going to go eight. Wrong. There are three Stanley Cups. God, oh, three. So that, you know, because I thought about that afterwards, like there are a lot of names on each one. Yeah. So let me ask you this. Do you know if you, when you look that up, are the other two, like the ones that have already been like retired, if you will, are those in the yeah. Hall of Fame? Yeah. So there's the, the original, I forget what it's called, but there's the original one that was like Lord Stanley's Cup that is on display in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I think it was 1960s, 63, if I'm remembering correctly. Uh, the league, somebody said that the uh, the original cup was deemed too brittle, uh, so they made a replica. Um, and so that the the one that is too brittle is the one the original one that's on display. Then there's the replica that was made, and then there's a second one. So th that's the third that stays at the Hall of Fame all the time, like the, the display one, and then the other one that goes around with the guys uh, when they they all get their day. So there's the original one that was deemed too brittle the replica and then the third that's like a replica of that second one uh that is on display all the time at the hall of fame oh, that, was an excellent, that was an excellent question yeah with some background we now we can all agree that was that the stanley cup best best trophy in all sports oh absolutely yes. absolutely gorgeous all right who's up now jobs you no it's you cheddar oh okay this one i don't if you guys get this right I, like i'd be very impressed this is more so just to talk about some some something i looked up um, so, which player has the most cups? Uh, that would be, I believe, it is Henry Richard, Rocket Richard's brother, the Pocket Rocket. Okay, what do you got there, Pete? I have absolutely no idea, but I just love the nickname Pocket Rocket. That's right. Yeah, uh, Jobs, that was, wow, that was great. Yeah, Maurice. You're welcome. Yeah, uh, Rocket Richard's brother. Yeah, they called him the Pocket Rocket. He's only like five foot six or five foot seven, I think it was something like that. But yeah, played twenty seasons, had eleven cups. Um, wow. I'm, I'm, yeah, eleven, which is just absolutely ridiculous. In twenty um, years, that's insane. Yeah, he, he played doesn't with even the, have enough fingers to put one ring on each hand. Well, good point. Yeah, he's got to get another that's... finger, like surgically added on, so he can show it off to everybody. He and just he puts it on his, his, on his toe. Just put a necklace around it, too. Yeah, or a toe. I mean, <laughs> he started working on the feet, too. like the surgical attack is a bit of a jump. There's other options there before you do that. Yeah, I got, I, got, I got carried away there. But, but I guess we'll uh, Next question. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I, literally, it's pretty funny. I, I said that. I knew that answer, and I saw your face light up, and I was like, wow, this is why we do the podcast. For, yeah, that was good. That was for, really good. For smiles like that. Like, quick, quick. You, like, you knew. You know that. Okay, Um. so I have a this – is, this is a – Okay, this is, a, this is a bit of an expanded question, and if, if, if anyone gets all of this right, I'll be very impressed. But I think there's – so the question is, who has the most playoff games played in NHL history? That's the base of the question. The question is – so that's part one. Kind of the sub part is, out of those playoff games, how many cups has this player won? And um, and what teams has he played on? But the teams he played on is kind of a secondary, secondary question. I'm asking more, who has the most playoff games played in NHL history, and how many cups did he win? Wow. If you want to, because I know that's there's a lot to like a lot of years. I can, if you guys want a hint on this, I will provide one hint. I. So, well, go ahead, Chad. 
Should I, Pete? Should I use our hint, or should do you want to ask the question for the hint, or, or what? Uh, so, so my my thought is that it's got to be like a big name, old school guy, like a Messier or a Wa, or it's kind of yeah, those came to my mind. Um, I, I will say that you are correct. Uh, that's what the, if you want to hint, you can have it. That you're correct in that you're in the right sort of era. Okay, and that was my question. School guy. That was my question. Okay. Is what like the era? But yeah, go ahead, Pete. Sorry. Is that our hint? You guys can ask another hint. I'm just because you were kind of already assuming. I'll give you like I'll give you a bonus hint. Okay. Is uh. Is it a, a Canadian or American player or European? Okay. This is the final hint. It is an American player. Ooh. And he won. I'm not gonna say how many. He won multiple cups, and not all with the same team. Hmm. American player. Yes. Multiple cups, but with different teams. Correct. Is it? I didn't know he won with multiple. Is it Mike Madonna? That's my guess. I guess. No. It is not Mike Madonna. Wrong. I'm gonna guess. Uh, Hall. Brett Hall. Wrong. Both wrong. Okay. I'll, I'll give one more now, like, so you guys did get this question wrong, but before I tell you guys, I'll give one more, like, I think this is a giveaway. This guy was known, he played, I believe, until he was 46 or 47. Chelios. Correct. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah, okay, that's, yeah. Chris Chelios. He made the playoffs. Nine. How many years in a row did he make the playoffs? Like, his whole, a lot. His whole career? 200, <laughs> 266 playoff games, I believe. 266 or 68. Jeez. Oh, wow. Which is pretty wild because most NHL players don't even play that many regular season games. Like, most yeah. guys who make it don't play that many. Yeah. So, can you guys tell me how many cups he won and who he won them with? I don't know. I wouldn't be able to. I'm going to say he won f- four. I can't really tell you who with. I'm going to say, like, two. I'll say three with Detroit. Okay. Pete? Um. Hold on, my Google's going real slow. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Um, no, I don't know. I mean, I think four four sounds about right. Maybe five. Um, I I don't know. Chicago. Chicago. Okay. Hey, I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So he won uh, three Stanley Cups. Oh, not four, but I was—I thought like I—I I was surprised when I saw like the most playoff games. He won three Stanley Cups, two with the Detroit Red Wings, and and uh, one with the Montreal Canadiens, which a lot of us I don't think associate. But he started his career in Montreal, and yeah, then I didn't went know to that. Chicago. But the thing that's crazy is he went to Chicago for a decade, and then in '99, mm-hmm. at the age of 37, was traded to Detroit, and then ended up winning a bunch, like win one, two more cups with them there when they were like their dynasty in the early 2000s. Yeah. Hmm. So, so I there think you go. Chelios' was off a little bit. But you got a little ding. You had you were one off on the on the number, and you had Detroit. Yeah, so you got a bit of a partial. Yeah, partial credit here. I, I had to give you guys the player, though, so I mean, we're just going to, you know. Yeah. Let's keep going. Yeah, okay, yeah. final round here. Okay, uh, so you touched on it uh, a little bit. Um, so this is this is going to be a give me, I think, but I, don't, I didn't Google any other uh, backup questions. Um, true or false, the rings on the cup are detachable. True. True. Yeah. That's right. Uh, this is this is the uh, 
the text that I found on it. Since 1958, five bands of championship names uh, have been engraved around the base of the cup. Uh, when the rings become full, the oldest band is removed and preserved in the vault at the uh, Hockey Hall of Fame. Uh, a blank replacement is then put in its place to be filled with the names of the next champions. So no championship team names from 1928-29 season to 1953-54 season are currently on the cup. Right, and that's there, there's been big. The reason that actually it's like funny that I, because I actually had forgotten that, but the only reason that I have remembered it recently is the big talk, the big like you know the hockey gods coming to play, is the last year that Maurice the Rocket Richard is going to be on the cup is this year, mm-hmm. and seven-time Rocket Richard winner Alex Ovechkin has his first shot at it this mm-hmm. year well, that, and having his name on it. Yeah. So there's a bit of like that they've talked about a bit of like you know hockey folklore, if you will. That's that's of note. So. All right, my Shatter question. Wrap it up. My question is, um, what is the most consecutive uh, Stanley Cups won? So you know, yeah, most consecutive Stanley Cups won, and by who? Uh, I think it is the Oilers won five, but they the one of theirs was separated by Gretzky's departure to L.A. So I'm gonna say, um, well, Pete, do you have a guess first? Do you like do you know this or because I'm pretty sure I know who this is. Um. I'm going to go based on the law of averages again, and I, I think it's Montreal. If they've won so many cups, a lot of them probably had to have been in a row. I think Montreal's a good Montreal's a good guess. I, I think it's either Montreal or I also know that the New York Islanders, I think, won five in a row before the Oilers started their dynasty. So I'm going to go, just because we don't want to pick the same thing, I, I think Canes could be I'm going to go New York Islanders. Yeah, New York Islanders, five in a row. It was um, the Canadians with five in a row. There we go. There we go. I think the Island, the Islanders won four. I think I thought it was four in a row. Maybe they won from eighty to eighty four too. I think they won four in a row. The, the Islanders did in the eighties. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. that, was, that was a complete guess on my part. That was good. No, hey, as soon as you said law of the averages, I was like, here we go. He's on the right track. Yeah, he's got it. <laughs> All right, what do you got, Jobs? Okay. okay, this one is uh, yeah, this is. I think it's more of an interesting. Like it's kind of a factual thing that's interesting. But here's my question: Is so what is the best single season playoff record? Uh, so pretty much the best playoff run in in history since the four, like four round seven game series system was adopted, and I don't know the exact time it was adopted, but I know it used to be like some teams like I because when I was looking this question up, especially some teams would like their their best their, one of the best records was like fifteen and three. So I think the first round used to be only five games. So my question is not including that. What's the best like uh, single season playoff record with four round seven game series? Do you know what year they implemented that seven round series? I don't know. No, I don't know exactly. Like, I think it was, I want to say it was maybe like in the 60s, but I'm not, okay. I can't confirm that. Okay. Oh, man. I have no idea. <laughs> I think. Best I... playoff record. Mm-hmm. You got you to gotta guess, Peter, no? No, you go ahead. I'm going to think about it. What's, what's Vegas right now? Uh, oh. Oh, wait a okay, minute. I forgot about I forgot about the. No, I forgot about the final. Okay, so I guess okay, never mind. Yeah. My appro- my approach to this was was wrong. Um, okay, do you want here? You know what? I'll give you a bit of a hint coming off of that question, though. Okay. So Vegas is currently twelve and uh, three, right? Twelve and three. So with that current record, even if they swept the even if they swept the final, they would still be in second place all time to this team. So. Do do a little bit of the mental math there. Okay, so the most wins you can yeah. Okay, so I'm gonna go sixteen and two. 
and do I have to pick the team? 16, That's part of the question. Yeah. 16 and 2, and I don't know. We'll go with Pete's Penguins. Ooh. Okay. Ooh, thanks. Uh, I'm touched. Thank you, Chad. Um, <laughs> yeah, then I'm going to go 16 2. Okay. Um, Islanders, I guess. <laughs> Wrong. Just off. 16 and 2 is correct. I gave you guys a bit of a, you know, a math question to get that. That's yeah. correct. It was the 1988 Edmonton Oilers. Oh. Went 16 and 2. They beat the Jets in 5. They swept Calgary in 4. And Calgary actually beat them in their division that year. They finished second in their division. Then they beat Detroit in 5. And then swept Boston to win the Cup. Wow. Um, one of the things that we can take away from this is one, I'm not a very good listener. And two, I'm not good at math. There we go. I'm, it's, I, I always right. hated. I've always hated math back in my uh, math, back in my school tough. in my schooling days. Um, I want to also give an honorable mention because one thing I've all I, I still like. I grew up obviously and like in my era, like in I think well pretty much since any of us were one of the best writers of all time. Still is the uh, 2012 LA Kings, who were the eight seed in the playoffs and went 16 and four. They, uh, if I remember correctly, which I think I do, they beat the Canucks. President's Trophy Canucks in five, swept the Blues, beat the Coyotes in five, and then uh, beat New Jersey in six. Hmm. That was a pretty good run they went on. Well, to. You really knew your shit on that one. I looked it up today, Chad. It was you know it was a trivia question. I figured, but so <laughs> I, had to, I had to dial it in. Um, so then the one thing before, because I want to finish with Pete's question. Also, that was good. I thought everyone had good questions. By the way, those are solid. Yeah. Well done, boys. Uh, one thing I wanted to do, because I was just looking at the notes here, I, I just one question I had to ask, and this is kind of like before we get to Pete's follow-up, is my question is for you guys, who in your opinion as a depth player has had the biggest impact on his team winning the Cup in, like, we'll say our lifetime, so that you remember? So, Because one thing that we didn't really touch on that much is how, for both teams, it's funny how it's always guys stepping up, like depth guys that win. Like, obviously your top guys have to still be your top guys, but the teams whose depth players really come out and have big playoffs always seem to be the ones that win. Like, for example, Game 7, um, Washington-Tampa, Andre Burakovsky, who missed 10 playoff games and was really cold even before that, steps up and puts in two, you know, in, in Game 7. So that's my question. It's kind of an open sort of thing we can talk about. Who do you guys remember, like, in your lifetime that was the biggest, like, role player that stepped, like, went way above, like, what he was expected to do? My, because uh, only, re- like, I would have had to do some, well, I did some research on this. I wouldn't have really been able to think of this right off the top of my head. Well, at least a good answer, but... Um, yeah. Pretty pretty recent history. Uh, Alec Martinez from the Kings. Um, yep. Not a big, definitely not a go-to guy for scoring or anything like that. Um, had the game-winning goal in the conference finals. I think they beat the Blackhawks yes. that year. And then he also they had did. the game. And then obviously the the uh, um, game-winning goal he had against the Rangers in double overtime to yep. to, to win it. Um, so I mean, stepping up at huge times. That's that's especially not he's you know he's not some bona fide scorer or anything like that. Um, so yeah, Alec Martinez just uh, graduated from. Uh, from college too, he told his parents after he uh, ended his college career early um, that he was going to still graduate ten years later, which actually just was recently. He uh, just graduated from Miami of Ohio, so congrats to him. Show to Alec Martinez, nice Pete. Um, so I, I didn't really know how to answer this question. Um, based on looking at the notes, but I obviously, as everyone is well aware, uh, I'm a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I, you know what? Just so if people join in late to listen, they scroll. That you know, every five minutes we need a reminder of that. Okay. Uh, if they didn't get it from the title of the episode, um, correct. But I, so in 
in the years past, because obviously I know probably the most about the Penguins as far as like players and and all that. But um, mm-hmm. and he, I wouldn't say he's a depth guy by any means because he's one of the best players in the world. Um, but Sidney Crosby does small little things. Um, that obviously he's a big goal scorer, and, and this is not answering your question because he's not a depth guy, um, because everybody knows who he is. But um, you know, love him or hate him, the guy plays the full sheet of the ice and um you know there's there's years that he does really well in the postseason and, and puts up a lot of goals um but i think it's the stuff that he does off the puck that makes a big impact um on the success of the of the team right yeah no and i think you know i uh, agree you didn't answer my question at all because he's the best one of the best players in the world but yeah. i do agree that chad and i actually had this discussion on i believe episode two i want to say about how Crosby is one of those guys when you watch him. Some guys usually just play at such a high clip all year. They like they're good. They're good all year, and then they keep being good in the playoffs. Crosby, no matter the season he has, always elevates his game in the playoffs. And it is. It's there's a lot of intangibles that you see him take on, and that's mm-hmm. why he just won back to back con Smites and back to back cups. So, yeah. I like that answer for for a different reason. Um, <laughs> the one that I I came I went a little more in depth. I have a couple sort of like just quick hitters. I went a little different approach with it. Um, so I believe in Pete again. Pete being a Penguins fan, for everyone who didn't again already know. Um, I believe Yager was a rookie when they won their first cup, or was like a second year. So that's I think a guy that obviously knew he was going to be good, but obviously stepped up pretty quickly. So Jeremy Yager, uh, in probably the guy who I hated the most as as a, as a kid because he beat my Calgary Flames in this run. But um, when Tampa Bay won in 04, weren't really expected to. And you look at guys, uh, Ruslan Fedotenko, who's a more of a depth guy, and Brad Richards was his kind of his coming out party uh, with for how much of a star he was going to become was in those finals. But yeah, Fedotenko, I remember, like terrorized the Flames in that in that series and kind of was like on a big run all playoffs for them. Um, yeah, I like the Martinez one a lot. I thought that that was really good. And then I thought I had one more um, in mind. But I can't think of it right now, so that's fine. So those are the two kind of the ones that I'll stick with for now. Then, alrighty, cool. um, Pete. Yeah, you had a follow up question. Yeah, so I thought this would be fun to end on since we're uh, tonight's the start of the uh, the final series here for the for the cup. But um, yes. hypothetical fantasy land, you guys have just won the Stanley Cup. Uh, you your day with the cup is is tomorrow. What what do you do? With the cup. This is a, this is an excellent question, and this is why this is why we have Pete on. This is why we brought Pete in for questions like this. Jobs, you got something or, or what? Uh, okay, Pete, have you put some thought into what you would do yourself? Like maybe you could start while Chad and I think about it. Yeah, that's fine. I I did put you on the spot. So, um, first first things first, it's going to my parents' house, bringing it over to the folks' house. Love it. Uh, letting them spend time with it. Look at all the names. I know my mom, we went up to the hall of fame when I was younger. We just on a whim drove up and went to the, to the hall of fame. My mom loved looking at all the different names on the cup. So, um, obviously I've not made it to the NHL yet. Um, but keyword, keyword there. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, my parents obviously are very influential in, in, uh, you know, getting us to the rink and, and I mean, they still drive up to, eerie for Tim's games and, you know, travel all over to watch Tim play and stuff. So, um, you know, hockey's a big part of the family. So, um, yeah, taking it to the parents' house first, um, maybe looking up my old, uh, my old coach, Forey, Forrest Holger, 
Uh, from, what from, a name! That is a great name. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a greasy hockey coach name. You know it is. He's got to be a great coach just based off the name. Yeah, he was he was excellent. Um, but yeah, I'd, I'd um, yeah I'd take it down. Uh, I think he's in, lives in Kentucky now, uh, so I take it down there. Let him spend some time with it because he was very uh, uh, had his hand a lot in um, in in the player that I became and I'm still working toward. Um, but yeah, and then I, I think, you know, taking it to the rink and, and, you know, maybe setting something up so the the local kids can come see it. And, um, I know I read that Phil Pritchard, the, uh, the keeper of the cup, the guy with the white gloves and the, and the yellow mullet, um, you know, he, he had a really good article. It may have been on that player's tribune, uh, website, uh, about, I think it was different things that he's done with the cup and some of the more touching ones he said were, when guys would take it to uh, like cemeteries and and you know have it sit with uh, uh, you know coaches that are no longer with them or oh parents. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah I just think that's neat but yeah I definitely would take it to my folks uh, I'd let Timmy touch it I guess um, just and once just let him see it um, but yeah touch. what about you guys yeah okay, you bring up uh, okay you gonna go yeah I'll go um, mine's gonna be probably pretty simple pretty generic similar similar to yours i'm gonna definitely um have an ice cold labat blue out of it oh my you're gonna you're gonna tarnish the cup with labat blue i knew i said that more so to get the reaction from you so thank you for that but no come on i'd seriously i'd seriously do that um you bring up the parents i definitely bring it um let let dad see it um i'd take it to so you mentioned like cemeteries and stuff like that mama bear's not around right right now um she's actually the one that got me into hockey Mm-hmm. Um, that signed me up for hockey, that learned to skate thing, you know, with the little walker and all that stuff when I was like th- four or whatever. So she's actually the reason why I played, take it there. And probably, I don't know, I don't think I'd do anything else too crazy. Maybe make, maybe take it to the golf course and let it chill in the golf cart with me or, or something. I don't, I don't know. I guess nothing. Definitely uh, let the uh, kids in Buffalo see it. I guess okay, that, I like that. That's, that's kind of uh, very Nothing too crazy. I never really thought about this, though. So I'm going to take a bit of a spin on this here. Uh, I mean, it's similar, but it's a little different, too. You're going to um, eat some poutine out of it? No, no, no. No, no poutine. Um, so I believe, if I'm not uh, mistaken, that the captain of a team gets two days. I'm pretty hmm. sure the captain gets two days. So this cap- is my, you, this is my fantasy. I'm the captain. I mean, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> so because it's, it's a bit of a two-day event. Um, I think. So number one is so, – so we'll just go, go through it. Um so I'm not having a Labatt Blue. That thing's not. There's no Labatt Blue allowed at the party I'm throwing. Um, I would be actually not home. I'd be in Calgary, Alberta. Uh, my whole uh, my dad's whole family's out there. Um, the family that we're very close with, and my parents and like my, my will probably be moving out there in the next couple of years. So um, I'd be out there. I would have a big uh, party at uh, well, if my parents have a house there, obviously their house or at, like uh, aunt and uncle's place. Now um, I'd fly friends out. I'd have a lot of people there. Um, I'd probably have a couple craft IPAs in there. Um, Southern Tree Double IPA, which is uh, myself and uh, uh, Pete's Pete's brother Timmy, my roommate Timmy's one of our favorite beers. So maybe a couple of those. Uh, probably a Jack and Coke too. I feel like I'd have to, you know. You're just getting hammered with this cup. Just a couple. Just a, no, no, I didn't say that, man. Just a couple. But uh, one of those. I also think, and I, I, I have a follow up to the follow up, well, right before, like to what to what you just asked. Um, uh, so I would do that, and then I think I would take it again. I'd probably take it to like my uh, where my grandparents are buried, like cemetery. I think it's a cool move. 
Um, yeah, I just, I'd love, I really would want, like, I'd love, want my dad to really, like, hang out experience with and my mom, like, and my sister, like, those, all three of them have made a lot of sacrifices for me to be able to keep playing, so that would be really cool. Um, and then this, so then day two, and probably that night going into it, but day two, I would take it up into the Rocky Mountains of the Banff, I'd get a massive oh. lodge, and just pool, big rager, just wow. get right after. That's great, actually. Day two, That's and continue, oh, everyone's coming up for that. So that would be if I had two days. I guess I could probably try to combine like a morning and afternoon kind of thing in that because Banff's only about two hours from Calgary. So I could do it in one day. But yeah, that's my thought with that. That's what I would do. Um, now, the other question I have, and this is a bit of a follow-up, is you always see guys eat food out of it. So you guys have one dish or one thing to eat out of it. What, do you, what are you having? Does it have to be something you'd put in a bowl or can it just be anything? I mean, I feel like it'd be like, you no, know, it could be anything, I guess. Yeah, technically, you can eat anything out of a bowl. Yeah, I guess yeah. you're right. Any food. I'm going to be, because I had to eat, because, you know, to get to the cup, you got to be healthy and you got to eat well all season. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm going to eat a piece of garbage food. Let's see here. I'm going to go, oh, chocolate chip pancakes with some okay. whip, with some whipped cream and a ton of f***ing syrup. And I hope that, I hope I don't get the cup too sticky. That's, that's what I mean. Yeah, I like that one, Pete. <laughs> Uh, so there's a there's a restaurant here in Cincinnati. It's called Keystone. It's really good. Did you you Amazing. didn't get to go? Did oh, you yeah. get to go? The mac and cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which mac did you get? Uh, I think just like the basic. Like I just wanted to try the original. Okay, because they have one. Um, it's called the BB King, and it's barbecue chicken mac and yeah. cheese. Um, it's probably my one of my all time favorite foods. Um, of just in general so yeah i'm gonna carbo load out of the cup and put some uh keystone bar and grill uh barbecue chicken mac and cheese i like that see i was thinking that too like i would be a pasta dish for me and i'm debating if it would be like what it would be definitely pasta maybe a nice like mac and cheese or uh i don't know yeah maybe just that or yeah or like a like a pesto pasta with some chicken in it i think is what i would go with a classic meal classic pregame meal of mine all right, uh, I think we just lost Chad to some technical difficulties, but that that pretty much wraps up the podcast. Anyways, uh, we we were done there. Anyways, uh, Pete, do you want to take the listeners through just kind of a couple of the tech updates and uh, where the where the podcast is currently being hosted? Yeah. Okay. So we've had some issues with SoundCloud, so the the um, podcast is now being hosted on my website, which is weisgerberproductions.com. Um, the direct link is weisgerberproductions.com slash Jobs and Ched, um, where you can find the episodes there. Uh, and then as of the recording of this podcast just this morning, um, we're now on iTunes. So you can find the episodes on iTunes. If you search podcasts for Jobs and Cheddar, uh, you should be able to find them on there. Um, what else? Oh, we were working on getting it on Spotify still. That's still kind of in the works. Um but if there's any other, um, you know, podcast apps or, or places that, that people uh, that you like to listen to your podcast through, uh, let us know. We can see if we can, uh, you know, get them on there. Um, but yeah, those are the, the two places to find it at the moment. Perfect. All right. Well, that pretty much concludes uh, this episode of the podcast. Uh, Pete, thanks for coming on for your inaugural episode. Oh, yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for... Uh, everybody for listening to how big of a penguins fan i am there we go all right uh, we'll be back soon uh, we're gonna try to you know get a more consistent pace for these releases if we can so uh you know just everyone just hold tight while we do that but uh, yeah, yeah as always thanks for listening and uh, we'll see you next time <laughs>